hello. Green five. Green five to green three. Chris, are you out there? I can't hear anybody. Man, I never get to listen to the Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Execute Order 66. It's Howdy Doody time on this... Sunday, March the 1st, 2009. You're back for the Order 66 podcast, number 56 on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is your host, GM Dave. What is up, Combination? I am your host, uh, GM Chris. And for those of you walking into the uh, fast food restaurant (laughs) for the first time, uh, we are serving up hot heaping helpings of... The power, passion, and glory that is Star Wars Saga Edition. So uh, get ready to get your fries steaming hot, scalding, burning your fingers into your mouth, and you will taste the sweet truth of good gaming. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> How you doing, homie? I'm all right. You know, it could be worse. It could, it could always be worse. Yeah, it could you could, you know, worse. have like four of your arms completely gone and be burned alive by lava. Lava? Yes. Why? I don't know, because Obi-Wan didn't kill you when he should have. Obi- yeah. Yeah, I guess he probably should have, but, I mean, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, and try this one for size. Wouldn't you call what he did actually a cruel act, even if you assume that he thought Anakin was going to die? I mean, God, what a way to die. Why not just end it peacefully? You know, oh, God, let me put you out of your misery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I'm you know, talking no, about. No, I'm going to let you burn to death, you brick. Burn, you baby, burn, burn. Yeah, I know. So I know how it is, man. I know how it is. All right. That's how it is. Yeah, so let's get started. Yes. Uh, uh, uh. What kind of announcements we got? So, you know, Game uh, game On, uh, the uh, now second page of iTunes featured gaming podcast. Wow. Hey, doing good. Episode number 11 is game on, of Game On is up and available for your perusal on d20radio.com. So join Brian and Andy, or Fiddleback and Ravenwing, as your choice may be, for an in-depth look at all, or at least a bunch, of Fantasy Flight games... Love that. I love shapes, that. Colors. Sizes. <laughs> Dude, I, I understand they reviewed like over 30 games on this particular episode. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet because, uh, well, quite frankly, um, I listen to my podcasts, as most of you know, on the way to work and back, and so I don't listen to them over the weekend, so I can't wait. 
Uh, I can't wait either. And for those of you who would like to listen to Game On, of course, you can uh, go to our uh, D20 Radio's website at d20radio.com, where you can find the feeds for all seven of our currently active podcasts and uh, get kind of crazy with it, because you should. That's right, getting jiggy with it. And for Darth Korahor, thank you for asking. Fine, sir. We are number 12 or 13, I think, uh, on the first page of the uh, featured podcast for iTunes, so... Uh, pretty soon, I think uh, old Game On will be right there with us and probably pass us. Probably. But it's a darn good show. It is a darn good show. Uh, you guys should get to the website and check it out. And while you're there, uh, for those of you who downloaded and enjoyed the first half of the Small But Vicious Podcast live Warhammer Fantasy role-playing session, you will be intrigued. You know, the second half is up and available for download right now. Uh, William, Ken, Brian, and Joe do not disappoint. Much fun this is, Gamer Nation. Much fun and much win. Absolutely. And we would absolutely love to welcome the 76 of you that are watching currently on Ustream. The video cast is, of course, available. And for those of you listening after the fact, we'd certainly love for you guys to come and join us at Ustream.tv slash, what, Order 66 Podcast. Or just go to D20 Radio and, and hit the live web stream and show up and, you know, whatever. And if you're if it's your first time, if you're an Order sixty six virgin, we'll pop that cherry for you. Oh, hey boy, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do anyway? So hey, you know what? Huh? I smell some juicy bits of web goodness. <sighs> smells good. You know why it smells good? Because Jedi counseling is back baby yeah oh my god uh the master mr gary sarley has returned from the depths of module writing peril to finally bring us jedi counseling number 114 and some some contextual healing baby oh yeah (laughs) um when i get that feeling i need contextual Uh, healing contextual healing um this is a great article and most of it uh deals with ways to handle alternate healing options in your game. Like, if you find that Vital Transfer is just too awesome, maybe you got two Jedis that are just spamming it in the party and everyone's fully healed, well, they have ways, some good rules to help limit that. And maybe you think that your party's not getting healed enough. You think first aid and second winning once a day is not enough to handle your group's needs. Then this article is for you. Uh, Gary takes the time to lay down for you half a dozen house rules and alternate variants to make healing in your game a whole new bag of tricks. So... It's very cool. Welcome back to the web, Gary. We missed you. We did, by golly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's really cool. They, I, I love some of the rules they they suggest. Um, they had a wonderful few for vital transfer, like to make it less broken if you have like more than one person with vital transfer. And they had another alternate rule, like uh, very similar to fourth edition, where you have healing surges that you can do, you know, multiple times in a day, where they basically said, okay, you can second wind. Uh, similar to the way 4th edition D&D handles healing surges. So you can do it like a number of times equal to um, your class's fortitude defense bonus plus your con modifier. You know, which is, I mean, for you know somebody like a, a high con soldier Wookiee, that's like five or six times a day. Yeah, I imagine that, you know, that guy. Yeah. That, that yeah, guy, but that's just, the role. Yeah, so, yeah, very, you, very cool. you don't want to be that guy. So, anyway. That guy. All right, I'm going to... Um, Anybody know who won the uh, NASCAR race? Because I had I didn't watch the end of it, so I need to know who won. Why didn't you watch the end of it? Well, because we were getting ready for the show. Oh, oh. 
Oh, well, imagine that. Las Vegas and Kyle Busch is going to win. <laughs> well. Hey, wait a second. That's a girl, and she knows NASCAR. Hey, what are you going to do? That's awesome. <laughs> How awesome is that? Okay, yeah, who cares? You're right. Who really <laughs> cares? I, I care, kind of. I care that you care. That's what's most important. Yeah, I care that you care. Do, 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 do. Okay, so what do we get? Did we oh, get oh, oh, okay. Uh, I got a postcard hot in my hands right now um, from Commander Cody. And uh, this postcard is very well made, Dave, but small, and it smells faintly of sulfur. And the full picture on its front is that of a very small red world with a massive sun looming behind it. And in the foreground, floating in space nearby is what looks like a giant metal umbrella facing the sun. Very, very strange. Uh, the wording on the postcard reads, The Mining Guild welcomes you to Niklon, consumer. The shield ships will keep you safe, but do mind the terribly lethal amounts of radiation. <laughs> from across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody. GM Dave and GM Chris. Hi guys. I tell you the task of an Imperial servant is never done. <laughs> Though few details have been shared with me, I'm convinced the Empire is building some type of new ship or legion of space fighters. Probably very grand and very powerful. You see, I've noticed the Empire has been snatching up any metals and ores that they are used in the construction of starships. Critium, Camaris, Dolovite, and others vital to hull plating and reactor core construction. And this search continues. My squad has been given orders to leave civilized space and head back out to the expansion regions, in particular the Athicus system and the small planet of Niklon. A tiny world very close to an extremely radioactive sun, this volcanic hunk of rock is showered in waterfalls of lava and massive amounts of lethal solar radiation. During the day, the surface is deadly, even to the hardiest of creatures, though I'm told that a very dangerous and strange type of lava worm manages to thrive in the pools of magma there. But as you'd expect, such a world is rich in rare minerals and ores, many of which are what we seek. But due to the planet's nature, any mining must only take place during the night. This prevented any type of major mining at all until a few years ago. Another mining mogul from the Outer Rim, a scoundrel named Lando Calrissian, took a chance on Naklon and brought in a massive orbital mining platform designed to send crews down to the surface only at night, returning them during the day. With that came dozens of shield ships, giant super-cooled radiation umbrella vessels, literally designed to provide shade for any visiting ships. This little mining venture has turned rather successful in the past few years, so we're here to hopefully negotiate the sale of some ore. I hope we're able to succeed, for the miners' sake. The Empire isn't very forgiving once they've extended a rare hand of trade, and had it refused. Well, I'll better sign off, fellas. Hey, if you're looking to strike it rich with some frontier adventure, or if you'd like just a really good tan, take a trip over to Naklon. Later, guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. Well, you know... Eh. Not bad, not bad. I had no yeah. idea that it was uh, Lando that did did all that stuff. See, I'm not uh, I'm not into the whole uh, EU like I should be. I think. Well, that's the point of listening to this podcast, fine sir. Ah, uh, yeah, you figure. <laughs> uh, but of course. So, 
Um, you know, I have something special here for the uh, Gamer Nation to uh, take a listen to. Oh. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. And now, dark thoughts with Twi'lek goodness. So, the other night, I was dreaming about Vader's secret apprentice. But when I woke up, I was stuck to the bed. This has been Dark Thoughts with Twi'lek goodness. All right, now that one needed the BBC. That needed the BBC warning. Wowza. I hope Sam gets a kick out of that. I sure hope Sam really likes that one. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, hamburgers. What? Hamburgers. 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 Yeah. All right. Okay, so what what do you say we um what do you say we step into the bay? Oh, I like the D20 Doctor Bay. Yeah. Twenty docking bay hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll bite. Yeah, we could use more of those. All right. So here we go. That was straight to the chat room, boys and girls. Don't complain if you don't know what it is. Sorry. Anyway. We get an email from Avenda Sora this week. Okay. With a very good question about a very cool force power and some combat options to go with it. He says, GM Chris, GM Dave, that's us. <laughs> hey, guys. I have a couple of questions regarding the kinetic combat. First off, power. can you use a force power such as Battlestriker Shatterpoint with kinetic combat? The kinetic combat description says you can use feats or talents that enhance weapon effectiveness but it doesn't say anything about force powers order 66 said no wizard said yes and i'd like a third potentially fourth opinion second assuming you have the talent can you spend a force point to deflect whoa, whoa, whoa. you're going way too fast or block can you spend a force point to deflect or block made against an attack made against an ally adjacent to the weapon you hold with kinetic combat or would that fall into the talents that enhance the weapon effectiveness rule? Okay, so what about blocking or deflecting an attack made against the weapon itself? Okay. Finally, is there any way within Raw for someone with improved kinetic combat to get multiple attacks per round? Thanks for your help. Love the show. Okay, so Bo he wants show. to know, can you use a force power to enhance uh, kinetic combat? Uh, can you block and deflect with kinetic combat? Is there any way to get multiple attacks? Pretty much. Okay. Um, I think kinetic combat's pretty nifty, if not wholly effective power, um, that can be found for those following along in page 51 of your KOTOR campaign, guys. Um, basically, when you when you activate the power, you telekinetically wield a weapon, which can move away from you and attack with your base attack bonus and charisma modifier. Uh, uh, but the power is very clear in its description that no feat or talent that enhances weapons can be used with kinetic combat. So you couldn't apply devastating attack or rapid strike, for example. 
but it doesn't mention force powers. So, well, uh, dude, I don't know. Dave, frankly, I'd say no. Um, so why GMC, you might ask? Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to agree with the, um, the Order 66 boards here um, because for two reasons. One, I think it falls into the same category as feats and talents, mechanically speaking. Um, and two, I don't believe you should apply force powers to other force powers, which is what I feel this is doing. Um, or even other force power-like effects. Um, I mean, as ask yourself if you would feel comfortable applying Battle Strike to Dark Transfer. Okay, right. the answer is probably no. no. Even though me- mechanically, it's just a force-related attack roller effect. Um, as for block and deflect, you flat out can't use them in any capacity um, at all. They're both talents, and the power is very clear that you can't use talents with weapons. With, 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 use talents with the weapon with this power. So, no talents, no feats which sadly also means there's no way to ever get multiple attacks out of kinetic combat, even with improved kinetic combat uh, force technique. Uh, The only real value of the force technique at all um, is to be able to throw three weapons out there and threaten multiple foes, um, or give you a choice of which weapon to fire off. I mean, like, you know, if if kinetic combat with a blaster pistol, an ion pistol, and a flamethrower, okay, that's pretty potent, sort of, I don't know what's coming out of that door, but damn, I'm going to be ready for it, kind of thing, you know? So, I don't know. that's, that's, That's my... That's my two cents, or that, that, that's my opinion. You know, that that and 75 cents will get you a can of Coke. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. There you go. And so, very good. Okay, next question. Zertz. Major okay. Zertz. This is Major Zertz. And uh, he has a question about the uh, Clone Wars campaign guide. Okay. Okay, question about uh, Force uh, Power Rend. This is awesome on page power. 52. It says if a target is reduced to zero hit points from the power, it is ripped in two. Living creatures are automatically killed. Mm. Now, the core rulebook, page 146, when talking about damage threshold and zero hit points, says if an attack causes a creature to be reduced to zero and surpasses the damage threshold, the creature is killed, but it may spend a force point to be unconscious instead. Therefore... A creature reduced to zero by force power rend is ineligible for the force point used to avoid death. Is that correct? Can it be? Is it possible? Please answer. It is possible. Yeah, you nailed it, Zertz. Um, But rend is even more powerful than that. Okay, damage threshold never even comes into it at all. Now, for those unaware, rend, which, as you said, page 52 of the Clone Wars campaign guide, can be used against any creature or object within six squares and line of sight. Okay, you make your use the force check versus the target's reflex defense. Success, and you deal three die six of damage as you literally move the target in two different directions at once. But if you happen to reduce the target to zero with this power, they are automatically killed. No need to overcome damage threshold. No force point to avoid death. It is death. It's kind of hard to come back from being ripped in half, you know? Just, yeah. I would think. Yeah, you know, it, it's, um, it's something that'll ruin your weekend, you know, for certain. Usually, yeah. Usually, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, okay. All right, so... Um, Here's our very own rogue leader, Shadowstar. Shadow, Shadowstar, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so here's, uh, here's his question. If a character has Force Slam and the distant power Force Secret, can the character spend a Force Point to affect a 60-square cone? Dang. 
Or would it just be easier to say the user can originate the cone from any square within 10 squares of the user, projecting a six-square cone in some direction from said distant square? I shudder to even consider the destiny point enhancement on this one. <laughs> With that logic, I can imagine you do. Um, okay, this this is a toughy shadow star, but we need to rethink a few things and sadly get a little into the wording of the power and the rules. Um, for those following along, the distant power force secret is in the core rulebook, page 103, and it allows you to spend a force point and take any power with a range expressed numerically and multiply the range by 10. For a destiny point, you can just make the range anywhere in the same star system. Okay. Um, force slam, uh, the core rulebook, page 97, deals damage in a six-square cone. So you're saying, wow, with this, I can deal damage in a 60-square cone? Well, okay, here's the rub. Force slam doesn't actually have any range whatsoever. Uh, the effect originates in your square, effectively having a range of zero, and it simply fires off an area effect. That area happens to be a six-square cone. Um, and further releases have clarified this even further, though, indirectly. Uh, the Force Unleashed Campaign Guide, page 89, details enlarged power, a Force Secret, which does specifically allow you to increase the size of an area effect, like Force Slam. Um, as for the second idea of projecting, the, projecting that same six-square cone like a little ways away from you, distant power isn't going to do that either. The Force Unleashed, again, details a Force Secret that does. Remote power, page 89. Remember, one of the golden rules the devs laid out early on, if you question whether an ability can do something or it can't, and you can point to another ability, that clear example in the rules that does do that, then don't allow it. So there you go. Distant power isn't really there for area effects. It's there for things like move object, mind trick, force lightning, stuff like that. Right. So. Okay. There you go. So we have a lose a line question from Elias Windrider. Ah. All right. And here it is. Hello. Uh, this is Elias Windrider. I have a question for GM Dave and GM Chris. Doesn't he like sound like he's he's got a pipe in his... And he's got like these glasses, and he's like Elias. Elias sounds like one of those hyper intelligent people. Yeah, the guy I could have a really good conversation with. <laughs> he's he's got like a, a cardigan or some kind of a sweater of some sort, and uh, looking all academic, like uh, like Einstein in, in, in IQ in, with, with his smoking jacket. That's right, yes. and, a, and a glass of sherry. <laughs> sherry. I've never met an ugly sherry. Oh, oh wait, never mind. I'm sorry. We're we're getting way off base. I was uh, reading, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Scum and Villainy again, and on uh, page 24, I'm reading the uh, Staggering Attack Feat, which prerequisites and descriptions seem a little odd when uh, contrasted with each other. The prerequisites uh, say sneak attack talent and rapid shot or rapid strike, and the benefit says, any time you would deal additional damage from a feat that grants one or more dice of the di extra dice of damage, you can forgo the extra damage uh, to move the target two squares per extra dice sacrifice. This movement does not provoke attacks of opportunity. What sounds strange about this is the benefit uh, does not uh, seem to provide work with the sneak attack talent. So I was wondering if the benefit and or the prerequisite prerequisites had been altered in uh, Barada. I don't know. I haven't seen any. All right. Thanks. Uh, peace, love, and good gaming. Bye. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Peace, love, and good gaming, homie. Um, okay, first of all, the errata has not been updated in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and again, I think this is actually a really cool feat. It's basically what it says is, okay, if you get if you get extra die of, dice of damage from a source and, you, and you're using it, whether it be from you know any extra die of damage, so that does include sneak attack, which does an extra d6 of damage. So sneak attack, rapid strike, rapid shot, dead eye, stuff like that. Um, if you have extra die of damage, you can sacrifice those die of damage to instead move your opponent two squares. Um, so I, like the, the closest thing I can think of is if you watch episode two, um, when Obi-Wan Kenobi is facing off against Jango Fett on the platform on Kamino, and Jango pulls out his blasters and he goes, boo, 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 and Obi like, is taking steps back as he's deflecting each one, kind of. Um, that, uh, that's kind of what it would be, you know, and, and I love, because Elias actually also emailed about emailed us about this and basically said, you know, hey, in a, in a Star Wars world where you have lots of endless chasms everywhere with no handrails, this is a very useful <laughs> useful ability. Um, you know what I mean? Just being able to push your foe over the edge. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Now, I think the prereqs make good sense. Uh, either he's either having, you know, sneak attack, or either rapid shot or rapid strike. Basically, all those give you an extra dive damage that you can sacrifice. Now, there's other talents as well or feats that allow you to have extra dive damage. Most notably, Dead Eye. Um, and of course, those are not mentioned, and they have not been errated. Now, having said that, I don't think it's too terribly game-breaking to allow uh, one of those to serve as a prerequisite. Um, but if you're looking for the rules as written, it would need to be either sneak attack or rapid shot or rapid strike. So, and if you don't have sneak attack, I don't know, Dave. What do you think? I mean, I think rapid strike or rapid shot is almost—I don't know—I'd put it up there in the same category with deflect and block in terms of a, I must have this soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, a lot of people are going to have that. Yeah, it's it's pretty up on it's pretty high up on most people's um, priority list. Yeah, but I mean, the the only time I can't see somebody taking it is is I mean, the example of Dead Eye because you can't right. use it with Dead Eye. So if you're making that sniper build, like back when we covered best sniper builds, yeah. Um, I mean, may, maybe that's an issue. But then again, maybe the designers didn't want this to be available readily to a sniper. You know, it's one shot. You know, not you know pushing you back because of it. So. Maybe that's it, too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, boys. Thank you very much for your questions. Please continue posting them up on the forum or email them to us or all that stuff. We'll brief you guys on how you can get involved at the end of the show. So what are we going to do now? Well, Ooh, I know, I know, I know. What? What? Is it uh, Storm Pooper Truichi? No. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. You know what? We uh, we we're kind of going a little bit out of order because I did not get an Alex and Trevor show this week. Oh, yeah, well, nice. dude. Fragments from the rim is slacking. I know. Uh... I know it's terrible. It's terrible. So instead, what I will do is I will brief you on my trip to Tatooine. No way. Yes. Awesome. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. We got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. What do you know? Jedi, what do you know? Okay. (laughs) All right, boys and girls. And uh, selected other varmints. 
Guess what I got? What'd you get? I found it. It? Whoa, you mean the thing you've been searching for for some time? Yes. Oh. A Jedi holocron. Dude, that is awesome. How did did Wano get a hold of one of those? The Jedi. Okay, so actually, we've been searching for a long time, but uh, Wado actually put us in contact with a rare contact that has rare and powerful items. A dealer who goes by the cryptic moniker, Heart of Geo MK2. Ha ha! Yes, that's right. The one who wanted to use Charm Dave's daughter on the podcast one day. Remember that? Ah. He almost got his ass booted. And so he's provided us with an ancient repository of knowledge and wisdom, an advanced piece of mystic technology known as a holocron. Nice. Okay, so anyway... So we're hoping that we're going to get some, like, real stats released for a holocron. Maybe in, like, Jedi Academy or some uh, upcoming source book. May 19th! (coughs) Jedi Academy, May 19th. That's right, that's right. But until then, Julio's holocron was way, way too good to pass up. Yeah, Yeah, it really was. Yeah, and there has been some outcry for uh, for some holocron stats. So, you know, hey, we thought these were pretty good, didn't we? Yeah, these were. I thought these were great. Yep. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Jedi Holocron, very, very, very rare crystalline storage device that acts like a repository of information, if you will. Like a, uh, like, like my Kindle or a BlackBerry. It's or... a little bit more than your USB uh, flash drive. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Each, each little holocrony is unique in, in so far that it is imprinted with a gatekeeper. Literally, the personality of a Jedi Master often the creator of the holocron itself, who serves as the archivist or moral arbiter of the information within that holocron. Wow. So this thing has to be huge, right? I mean, it's got, I mean, all that information, it's got to be like, you know, size of a starship or something, right? Yeah, it it weighs all of about uh, half a kilo. Wow. And you can't buy them. They're priceless, so they have no sale cost. You cannot buy them. Do not allow your players to say, hey, I bought a holocron for 7,000 gold. Sorry. Not happening. <laughs> All right. I so, love how you switch currencies there. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did I just say? 7,000 gold. Did I? <laughs> See, I've got, well, I got Warcraft on the brain. Yes, you do. All right, so credits. Okay, so a a character attempting to convince a gatekeeper to reveal information must spend a full round action to adjust the attitude of the gatekeeper to gain access to its knowledge and secrets, okay? That's that's cool. Yeah, so you have to make a use the force check against its will defense. How high do you think that will defense would be? I would imagine probably very, very high, especially if it's imprinted with the personality of a Jedi Master. Yes, indeed. So we recommend using Yoda's will, which is 38. (laughs) <laughs> okay alright so each successful check shifts the gatekeeper's attitude plus one in your favor so it's the same basic stuff you know as like uh, you have to, yeah, yeah you, you have to modify your check right so um, based on the gatekeeper's attitude Tori if they're hostile it's minus ten unfriendly minus five indifferent minus two friendly plus five, plus zero you know right you've done it before same, same as persuasion gotcha there you go so you also 
get a bonus to your check based on the number of force points that you possess and a minus for every dark side point you have. Well, that would make sense for a Jedi holocron, I guess. Do we have your hol- do we have your calculators out yet? <laughs> okay, so what is, what what does it share with you? Okay. So if it's hostile towards you, it won't even activate in your presence. You have to shift well, that, it. That makes sense? Yep. If it's unfriendly, it will at least talk to you. However, it will not share any information and it will tell you to return to the light side if you're a dark sider. Oh. Yeah. If it's indifferent, it will share a little bit of small talk, blah, 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 basic knowledge. Um, it possesses its own knowledge skill bonus for galactic lore and one other knowledge, depending on the personality of the gatekeeper. And these bonuses are usually uh, plus 15 or better. So, like, if you if, if the holocron is just indifferent for you, you can use it to, like, you know, hey, what is uh, Botha Wooey like? Right, like yeah, that. just basic, yeah, exactly, galactic lore or... That's knowledge terrible. tactics or something, you know, something, one other thing that the personality of the gatekeeper had. It's like maybe if it was made by like a Jedi healer, then it might be like knowledge life sciences or something. Knowledge life sciences, yes, very good. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. That would be good, yep. So if it's friendly, this is where, this is where it starts getting good. It will share the secrets of the Jedi Order with you, allowing you to, to take levels in Jedi Knight without a master to train you. And it gives you access to restricted force powers and talents, which can now be learned normally. This has good value for you GMs. We'll get to it in a second. Yeah, no kidding. If it's helpful, then it shares vast secrets of the Order, giving you greater access to restricted force powers and talents and allows you to take levels in Jedi Master. Jedi Master now, without a Master to teach you. Okay. So what do you think? I mean, for a GM that uses a holocron in your game, you know, this is yeah, this is a pretty I'm, good way to like uh, to teach a prestige class yeah. without I having mean, the the Jedi Master there. You know, yeah, I mean, like for for like a Dark Times game, this would be perfect. You know, if yeah. you're like a somebody just you know just trying to discover your Force ability and you have no one to teach you, but oh, you find this holocron, um, and yeah, I think I think that's great. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, also, I mean, I don't know. As, as a GM, for me, I would use this also to like a, a really like creative way to limit really highly powerful force powers or talents. That's um, what exactly what I was going to get to for that. Yeah. You're exactly on point. My I friend. mean, because I don't know. You, you, we've 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 played, and you've expressed, you know, like you look at a force power, and you're like, oh my god, that's really powerful, you know, or a talent that's insane. I mean, and you know, I don't I don't want to be a prig and just tell my players no you can't take it but if if i can make a legitimate excuse and say well no you have to learn that from a teacher you can't just learn any force power you want you got to be trained in it trained by someone it's called force training for a reason right and if i if i don't you know i gotta have someone who knows the power to teach it to me right so i don't know that's that's really freaking cool i like it yep okay dude thank you geo thank you and geo also i understand has worked up stats for a sith holocron but uh i think that's another show yeah it probably is i would say <laughs> that's okay though because i have attained the level prerequisite now call me a sith lord thank you thank you thank you very much yes oh. indeed okay so let's do this and now stormtrooper poetry bounty hunters scurry lot no control 
Sarlacc snot. Disintegrations, not so hot. Overrated, what have they got? Mercenary, oh no I'm not. Boba Fett, should be shot. I'm not the target that you thought. Let me go, just please, stop hitting me. No, no more, I don't, I don't hit me anymore, please. Not, not in the face, not in the face, not in the face. Stormtrooper Poetry. That would have been great if he'd ended with like, Don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> in this case, what would it be for Star Wars? Don't stun me, bro. Don't stun me, bro. Don't stun me, bro. Oh. Exactly. So, <laughs> and now, for those of you wondering what on earth we're going to talk about today... It is a little segment we like to call The End. The End. Um, yeah, we got a listener request from Zertz. Uh, so we're going to take a step away from our prestige class discussion for a show or two uh, to talk about some campaign running discussions, uh, particularly about ending a campaign in style. Um, which I think is a pretty good question, Dave. I mean, what do you... I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I I think this is a very simple request, and it but it, it lies at the heart of a real basic question that even even good experienced GMs have a really hard time answering sometimes. How 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 do you end a campaign in style? How do you end a campaign at all? Um, if you get to actually end one on your own terms. Exactly. So I don't know. I thought it might behoove us to talk about some some strategies, some goals, uh, some pratfalls of closing the curtain. On your campaign. Well, that would be a very behooving development. <laughs> so, all right, let's practice some behoovery. Oh, let's do it. And speak um, of the last chapter. The the last chapter. So let me let me ask you a question, Dave. Have you ever um, have you ever read a book and simply not read the last chapter? Just put the book back back on the shelf and you never touched it again. Not very often, unless no, it was well, like a really bad book. <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty much. Or like I, I equate to a bad film too. If I'm watching a film and I just turn it off like halfway through, um, it's usually because the film is pretty bad. Yeah. But it's a shame then that this is what most of us end up doing with our campaigns. Um, I, I guess I, I call it, you know, uh, fizzing, fizzling out is kind of the the common term I think most people use. You know, um, right? It's it's the the common fate of of most campaigns. I mean, this, the sad reality is I guess some folks some folks can't devote the, the months or, or sometimes years it takes to fulfilling an amazing story. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I think more commonly, though, folks get bored with the story. I mean, have you ever had an instance where you just get bored with your character or you just want to play something else or do something else and you feel locked into the campaign? Yeah. I mean, it, it, a gamer, gamers are want to do that. They want to try a new character. They want to try a new story. Always. Always. We get bored. There you go. I mean, and and to be fair, many games aren't intended to be sweeping epics, but just a few friends getting together for Mountain Dew and Cheetos, rolling dice and having fun and playing a game. And I don't know. I think I think Saga is just an amazing system for this. I mean, with the the mind frame of thrilling heroics and daring deeds done at the speed of light. And I think that's the heart and soul of RPGs. And frankly, it doesn't necessarily lend itself well to comprehensive epic campaigns. And that's okay. Epic. But I mean, I don't know, man. What, what do you think? How do you feel about you know 
beer and pretzels games as opposed to, to epic campaigns. I mean, they're, they each well, have their places. Okay, yeah. yeah. Beer and pretzels games are easy. Okay, and that's why they happen mm. that way. All right. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. They're easy. They're. I mean, these epic campaigns take so much out of the GM, and they take so much <laughs> time, and they take so much involvement from all the players. I mean, you know, look at us. We're we're not even halfway through this campaign that we envision ourselves getting all the way to twentieth level with. We played what nine months? Yeah, and and we've lost a player already because he moved. Mm-hmm. And you know, there, it's just very difficult for all of us to get together, you know. We just, I, you know, there's no, we get no, I don't know. What am I trying to say here? There's no continuity. Sometimes it seems like because yeah. we wait so long between games, and 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 ultimately, it's really one of these deals that it did. It, it's simply because there's so much that we have to do to make this thing happen, and so that's why campaigns fizzle out, in my opinion. I agree, and it's it's tough. And I mean, you know, and so it's just something you kind of have to deal with. Um, but I think I think it's important to differentiate that. Okay, may, may, understand understand there may be no last chapter intentionally. I mean, for many games, there's no last chapter because there was never one intended to begin with. And I think that's cool. But when when players and GMs have differing opinions on whether this is or isn't one of those games. That's a potential problem because you know if, if you're going into this with the mindset that you want this to be this epic sweeping campaign and your players don't, <laughs> they just want a Cheetos and Mountain Dew and rolling dice and fun, which is great. Then I, I think I think that's a potential problem. Yes, I mean, yeah, it, it's important to, you know, I mean, do, do you think it's important to address early on what the ultimate goal of the game is? Well, I mean, I, in terms. Of, you're talking about ground, some setting, almost setting some ground rules and saying yeah, this is what's going to happen, and this is this is the time frame. This is what we think is going to happen. It, it, it's important to get the commitment, I think, from the players on the front end, as Ooh. as much as it is to get the commitment of the GM. Well, that's words of wisdom right there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it's about setting expectations accordingly. Ah, uh, yes. So. Okay, so okay, so let, let's uh, let's assume that you're actually not playing a, a beer and pretzels game. That you're you're having an epic sweeping campaign, and and you okay, you want to bring it to an end. Well, um, my mama always told me that breaking up is kind of hard to do. Breaking up is hard to do. Yep. So I guess the question is when when do you end your campaign and why do you end your campaign? Right. Um. So, I mean, what do you think? Why why would your campaign need to come to a close reasonably? I mean, aside from because players retired and all that, I mean, in terms of a story implication, why, why would it need to come to a close? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I, I don't know. I Every every book or movie, I think, has to end at some point. Um, Somewhere, yeah, there has to. I mean, it's usually just... It's an end to the means, right? It's part of the story. It's it's the way that usually it just has to end. Somewhere along the world, somewhere along the lines it has to end. Well, it's very cinematic. And I mean, it's 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 the thing about the films. And I think at its heart Saga is a cinematic system and it lives in that cinematic right. world. I mean, and for a GM who loves that aspect of that cinema, um I mean, and they write full stories to be to be lived and and played in, ending that story is I think an, as lights, important part of the adventure as beginning the it. Party's over. Yeah, they so, save it all. Yeah, I mean, but Good I think I think it could be end. an important <laughs> part of the story. Sorry, I'm bugging you. I know, but no, it's true. 
It's absolutely true. But it's, then it, again, is, it is it is absolutely the, if not the most important thing, one of the most important parts. Uh, yeah. But then again, I, I think also, we talked about earlier, I think players and GMs can get bored, and sometimes it's just time to move on. Okay, I mean, and usually, though, that doesn't lead to an ending. That leads to a fizzling. Uh, the aforementioned fizzle out. Yeah, but I think I think occasionally you just might actually have a GM who recognizes the need to stop the campaign and makes a brave leap to end it properly just early. Um, right. And I think, interestingly enough, when you've ended it properly, your players won't know the difference. Right. But how do you know when it is best? Well, that's an open debate subject right there. Is um, that the $64 million question right there? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people think... I think a lot of people think you should end campaigns based on like, you know, like I want my players to get to this point and then we stop playing. Right. In terms of levels. I don't know. I don't, I mean, you want my own opinion. I don't think a PC should get past 17th or 18th level. I mean, at that point, you're one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy. Where's the challenge? Where's the continued opportunity? I mean, I think it's time to pass on the torch to the next generation. I mean, you become an NPC and let the story continue with new heroes. But I don't know, man. I've, I've got players disagree with me. Do you remember when the cast first started, like, over a year ago? We got the email from the guy who wanted to know if there had been any epic rules published since, you know, that you there's no rules to play past 20th level. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. And I, I remember reading it, and I'm just like, really? You need epic? I mean, I just, it just seems to go against the spirit of Star Wars for me. But um, but that's my opinion, and people love that kind of gaming. And I'm, I'm not one of them, but that's, you know, that's the beauty of the system. Right. So I, I don't know, man. When do you think it's a good time to stop? I mean, in terms I, of a, a good a good benchmark. Um, I think that every group is different. I don't think that you mm-hmm. can apply a benchmark across any, you know, with any regularity. There is no benchmark except to say that there comes a time in your gut as a GM that you know that your party is losing interest. So there is there's a decision you have to make there. Is it time to end or is it simply to throw in a plot twist that will try to bring them back? And I would say first to try a plot twist to bring them back and if that doesn't work then it's time to to end it somehow. And I'm not talking about ending it by a prearranged TPK. I'm talking about some good thematic ending that's uh, that's that's a very good point you know um yeah it, it really is but i i don't know if if players have lost interest do, i mean what, what are the what are the implications of trying to keep the game going is it even worthwhile at that point well if it's if it's trying if it's worthwhile you know what is it going to take to to get them you know have they lost interest because they no longer like the game i mean that's that's the difference you know, if they're, oh, I don't really like this saga stuff. Well, yeah, kill it. That's it. It's over. It's done. They don't, if they're not, if they get no charge out of any part of the game whatsoever. I have yet, and I have yet to meet anyone who doesn't like it. Right. Yeah, me either. So, you oh, know. Biased. But. <clears throat> yeah. So. No, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're just getting, yeah, we're getting down in the in the weeds. Well, no, but I think well, I don't, don't think that's a problem. It's what this discussion's supposed to be about. But it's, I, I don't know. It, it is interesting to me. Um, but so I don't know, man. I think you brought up a really good point of wisdom. It comes down to your individual gaming group, and if they want to play into epic levels, I guess for Pete's sake, you could try. Um, but that would be an undertaking. Right. 
So, you know, if, if they want to stop at 10th level, you know, hey. But Yeah, I mean, I, and come up with a good ending, guys. I mean... Well, okay, then let's talk about that. So, uh, so you want to come up with an end to remember. All right, so you're determined that your campaign needs an actual physical ending. Well, how do you go about doing that, then? Well, I said it earlier. I'd like to have some kind of a... There, there are thematic ways to end a campaign. There are, you know, would, there are would, charging up the hill of ham. You know, you know, you <laughs> see Hamburger Hill, right? You're, you're. Uh, I've always wanted to make a desperate attack against impossible odds, and oh my gosh, I'm talking about Gung Ho Iguana again. <laughs> well, you got to bring it up. Well, and that, that's 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 an excellent thing, right? There. Okay, so. I think you, you hit it on the nail with general themes, man. I, I think there's a few things that one needs to understand about what makes an ending proper and satisfactory. I think certain needs have to be met for the player, okay, and the story. Um, there's there's three key themes that I like to see in campaign endings in generally. Uh, the first is impossible odds. Death blossom. Yeah. The, 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 the odds are stacked against the heroes in the worst way. And I think it adds an element of hopefulness and heroics to the story that makes the ending seem fulfilling. You know, one gun star against the entire Kodan Armada, you know? So. Right, exactly. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what you're talking about, that impossible odds. And to go, go with that, incredible stakes. Ah, something, yes. Something must be seriously at stake for this final end. Win or lose, okay? It needs to be a BFD, a big freaking deal. Um, like the fate you, of the entire galaxy or a, a whole you planet. You must system. infiltrate the Death Star and disable it or somehow before it blows up Alderaan. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, the complete destruction of the Jedi Order. Okay, oh. something like that. And the consequences for failure need to be so revolting that the heroes feel like heroes for taking on the fight. Okay? That's right. And That's, if, see, if this happens and a TPK comes down the pike, then it's almost okay. Because they laid down their lives, exactly the ultimate sacrifice, and 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 that's that's the ending. But that's the that's the point. And this is, the, and I know we're going to come to this later. But that's this is the time to pull out all the stops. Okay. The third thing I feel is incredibly important is that the thematic element in closing a campaign is, uh, for lack of a better term, scary villains. Um, few endings are complete at all without overcoming a dire threat in order to win. And when you reach that point, you you know that this. This fight is quite possibly going to kill you. Okay, I mean, as you said, maybe maybe because in part of the incredible odds, but but because of the incredible stakes, you have no choice. I mean, villains like Palpatine and Sauron. There's, I mean, they're so Sauron. Near, <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're they're so near godlike in their ability. I mean, that the the chance of defeating them is slim, and usually defeating them can't even be done directly. You have to find another way to defeat them, you know, something to that effect, you know. That's right. You need to have like Father, your, please. you have to get your dad to throw him down the garbage chute, you know? Yeah, well, you know, hey. Then even then he doesn't die. <laughs> well, no, he dies. He just well, I guess yeah. Never his mind. His clones live. His clones. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, again, the e- the joy that is EU. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it. Uh so I don't know. Those those are my general themes, man. What do you? I mean, what do you think? Is there anything you would add to the list? I mean, anything you want to expand on for general themes? Yeah, I would. I would. I would add the Western element of riding off into the sunset. Ah, uh, assuming you survive. Assuming you survive, you've accomplished your mission. You know, you come back to a hero's welcome. Chewbacca screams. Everybody gets their 
everybody gets their um, uh, applause and all that, you know, at the end of uh, New Hope. Well, I had a few ideas for the aftermath. So I, I think I think you're dead on. Okay. I think you're absolutely dead on. Um, now, okay, so okay, those those are general themes. But what about specific specific elements? You you make the uh, the the con- the concept of you know going you know Hamburger Hill running up. I mean t- to actually make this ending and cement a giant big the end slide you know up when you're done with no complaints from your players. I, I th- there's a few things that I think are kind of staples. Oh, um, maybe yeah. we can get into big time boss fight. Boom! First one, the big time boss fight. Get into the BVEG, the big bad evil guy. I think I think that a good campaign usually has an antagonist that's often defined early, um, although sometimes only recognized midway through. And, and he or she has been the the villain in the shadows maybe for a time. You know, finally getting to defeat the evil wizard or the corrupt king and remove his stranglehold on the kingdom. I mean, it's classically been the the ending to innumerable heroic stories, um, whether that. Evil be like a vile demon prince or a mad scientist or a corrupt gunslinging sheriff holding the town for ransom or a galactic emperor. I don't know. I, I think it I think it caps a campaign perfectly. But okay, man, so okay, in that in that final boss fight, because I think that's a marvelous way to end a, a campaign, what elements do you want to see in that big boss fight? Okay. First and foremost, there needs to be serious, absolute possibility or probability of one or more characters dying. Damn, Skippy. I, <laughs> I'm in 100% agreement with that. Like It's like I was saying, man, this, this is the time you pull out all the stops. You know, I think, I don't know, G- GMs gen- generally try to pull their punches to keep their characters from dying. Uh, a good GM, I, I would think. I, I don't know, man. I think this is the time you don't do that. Yeah. You, you play it to the hilt. Yeah, yeah, you play it. If you, know, if you know full well you're ending it, then, you know, you can end it or you can end it. <laughs> <laughs> Word. They've got a force uh, point. Let them spin it. <laughs> yes, destiny. Destiny points are there for a reason. Spend them. You're not going to be able to spend them any after this session. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. I, another cool element I like with big boss fights is the bo- big boss having a trick up his sleeve, like having a moment. Okay, where when you think you know what's going to happen and you don't. You know, maybe like it's the last minute reinforcements. You know, of very very nasty foes that come in, like when the fight starts turning in tide for the PCs, or um, maybe it's that you know you know excellent job destroying my clone heroes and now you must face me. <laughs> you know, or or the I love the you ever watch horror movies and they have the whole you know he's not really dead moment you know like you you've knocked him down he's unconscious and and you walk over slowly to him with a gun and all of a sudden his head pops up and he goes Rah! and that's then right. you have to fight him again yeah uh, exactly I don't know twists or two I think that's essential absolutely every once in a while you need you need um you need Sark to go down and then all of a sudden the MCP said rise with all my power and he becomes like this thirty eight foot. Thing that Thanks. Tron that Tron just Thanks. cannot get, you know. That's my perfect anal- analogy. Darth Gore is like that's generally called the oh bleep moment. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that's perfect for a boss fight. So Absolutely. okay, so aside for, aside from a big bad boss fight, are there any other specific elements you could see like good campaign enders? Um, I don't know. Um, I like the idea of global war, like. I mean, the whole Hamburger Hill thing. You know, this massive... Oh, okay, okay, yeah. This, this, this huge this, fight that you're a part of or something like that? Absolutely huge. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of, 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 of things going on. I think one of the coolest things that Clone Wars campaign guy gave us was, like, direction and new rules for mass combat. 
I mean, so I mean, I think having a final confrontational battle between the forces of evil and the forces of good is so epic. And if you want to put that big bad boss fight right in the middle of it, that's just that's even icing, better, right? Icing on the cake, man. I mean, you know, when you can describe an encounter where you're fighting the boss and all around you are hundreds, thousands of droids, clone troopers, just going at it. You know, I mean, nonstop. Maybe occasionally blundering into y'all's big fight. You know, I think I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I don't know, man, consequently, to go with that, I think the idea of an epic locale is very important. Um, I don't think campaigns or any, like, great story ends, you know, in in the Denny's down on, you know, Park and 70. Um, they, I mean, huge epic ends are on the tops of mountains or, like, in the ruins of an ancient, powerful civilization or the heights of a, a tower perched atop a super weapon, uh... I don't know. I think I think a carefully chosen locale can make a real difference in terms of the drama of the scene and the memory it has with your players. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot of... I don't know. I think it could be a little strange to come up with a good scene like that at times, but I, I don't know. I think I think certain elements like uh, height, um, like, you know, being high atop something, the, the serious chance of falling to your death somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, natural hazards, like um, maybe there's a... Oh, I don't know. You're uh, on a volcanic world. There's lava exploding everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, st- stuff like that. And if you if you watch the films, too, you can see every ending takes place in this hugely epic location, always. So, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Um, what other specific elements can we think of? Um... Golly, man, you got me on my toes on this one. Um, personal. Well, you, we've already talked about personal stakes, right? Well, uh, well, kind of, but well, no, we talked about incredible stakes. I'm, I'm talking I about think, like them having something at stake from a personal standpoint. Yeah, I mean, like, like the um, love of their okay, life okay. is about to die or something. You know, exactly. Okay, think of okay when 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 Jake took off from our flagship game. That was kind oh, of oh, mini- this is it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that was it. And so he, he developed a romantic relationship with one of the NPCs. And what did I do? I, you know, literally put her in a cryo tube, had her being held over a vast, empty expanse by the BBEG, and with a palm strapped to her, you know. And I guarantee you, he wasn't going to back out or back down. He was going to go into that session all in. Yeah, he was. He, he played his character very, very well. Um you know, I mean, like, if, if the character has, like, a signature item or a ship, something they love, well, guess what? It gets blown up. Um, you know, uh, you know, if, if not, not just saving, wow, we need to go save the entire system of Koshabal. Okay, those are, those are enormous stakes. Those are incredible stakes. But, okay, we need to go save my home planet. Okay, or, you know, I'm a Jedi. We need to go save the Jedi Order. You know, I think those are personal stakes. Right. And I, I don't know. I think it's important that at least one character have personal stakes in the, in in that end fight. Yeah. Hopefully more. Yeah. No. I th- I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Well. Okay. So to I guess kind of bring it to a, a close here. You touched on this earlier. The going off into the sunset moment. The aftermath the, that you were talking about. The aftermath. So I mean, okay. So, so what? So so the bad guy's gone. The galaxy's saved. The princess is not in another castle. Um, so now what, man? I mean, when when the fight's over, 
I mean, f- final events of a session, I don't know. I think they should always occur, man. I agree with you. That sunset moment is perfect. I mean, it lays to, des- lays to rest any lingering doubts. Um, but I also think it should be open-ended to let open-ended enough to let the player's mind kind of go nuts of what's going on. I think of, you, you hit the nail on the head for me, man. Episode four, the throne room scene. Okay? Yeah. The big fight had already happened. They won. But we have a scene just to submit, hey, you guys are heroes. Here's a big, beautiful medal. And when it ended, you're left with this sort of I don't know. I mean, this wonder that, okay, these people could go and do anything now, but this story happens to be over. Right. So I don't know. I think I think that ending had like all the key elements. I mean, you you were so worried and you were kind of scared, but all, when it's all done, yay, we're rewarded and everyone's okay, even R2. Uh, look at him. He's bright and shiny. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Bouncing around up there. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. But at the same time, I, I highlight a few, three in particular, um, ways to do the, the aftermath um, that I think are really interesting. And the first one is the character death. Now, I thought in our session with Jake, we were actually going to have this. Because I thought, I thought you, you guys were awesome, and it didn't happen that way. But I thought he might actually have had to go so far as to give his life. Um, and I don't know, man. I think few things are as cool as a PC giving their life to the story. I mean, yeah. you almost you almost did. Yeah, uh, I would have. You would have, man. If I mean, if things had played out a little differently. I mean, and I think this can sometimes happen in the middle of a campaign. But I know that players usually don't want to do it because um, you know they're committed to their characters. But when you know that this is the end, this is the last session, I think you'll see a lot more self-sacrifice out of your players. You know, they're they're not going to yeah. care if they actually die because it it means something now. And you know, and and this is the end anyway. You know what I mean? Yep. So, it's awesome. I I don't know. I I also think. I think that if if a player should actually die, you need to reflect the magnitude of it. Oh yeah, make like, a big deal out of it. Huge deal, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I mean, funerals. Like episode one, Qui Gon's funeral. You know, the last scene, the very last scene of episode one was a funeral. Qui Gon's funeral because we had a character death. Um, or episode three, which was Pad had Padme's funeral. Uh, oh, you know, I mean, all like, those all those people, as far as the eye could see. Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely epic, and perhaps your death has even greater reper- repercussions. I mean, like, well, okay, when uh, speaking of Sam Witwer, when when Star Killer died in the Force Unleashed, and it changed everything. It started the organization of a real Rebel Alliance, and you know, I mean, that's epic. So big time. Big time. That's cool. Yeah. Um, two other options I think of. The first one is, I guess, what what you said, man, the the fading away into fate that walking into the sunset moment. Right. Um, you know, you, you haven't died, um, but you're just willingly removing yourself from the setting. You're walking off into the sunset, probably never to be seen again. Like, um, I, I think the best example I can give is, is, is in KOTOR. Like, at the end, you know, Revan just leaving the galaxy to go deal with the greater threat outside the known galaxy, which we now know what that was, thanks to the Holocron. Thank ah. you very much. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. You know, Gandalf and, and Frodo sailing away from the gray havens you know yes uh, yeah after like that. yeah that was the uh what the fifth of the six endings that were actually in the uh return of the king there were a lot but i'm glad they stuck with that ending it was very uh yeah well it's it's the traditional the proper ending i like that 
And the other key element I think to get in aftermath is is what I call the grasping of power. I think I think if the heroes were instrumental in saving a body of power or a government, well, guess what? They're now offered the reins of it. You know, like if there's a Jedi in the party, well, guess what? He's now invited to be on the council. Okay, um, uh, the rebellion offers you a generalship. Uh, the crime syndicate makes you a new crime lord. The town makes you the new sheriff after you defeated the corrupt one. You know, um, that's right. Or you know, or oh, uh, nothing. Oh, what? Or? Oh, I was going to say, when Kevin Flynn came out of the computer, then he was made the uh, chief exec, you know. Exactly! Okay, now that's, okay, that is a perfect example. That's, that's it, the grasping of power. Kevin Flynn comes out of the computer, he has made the chief executive. Uh, the last starfighter uh, saves all of Rylos, and what ha- now he's made this huge, he absolute try. hero. We want you to lead us! We need you to lead us! That's <laughs> right, see, he has I mean, to go back, get Maggie, and then come back to rebuild the order of starfighters. Exactly. So, I, I don't know, I think that's another key element in the aftermath as well. So, I don't know, any other things you can think of for, you know, going off into the sunset, adding to the, I, you know, the general I, feel? I, I want to echo um, something that is disturbing and somehow liberating at the same time. Because you, <laughs> okay. just, you know it's going to happen, and sometimes it does. You're fighting and fighting and fighting. And you beat the BBEG. Mm-hmm. And you are successful for a time only to realize that it's still happening. Have you ever seen the movie Traffic? Yeah. Alright, there's no getting rid of the cartel. There's another movie that just came out recently that was the same basic uh, The International. Oh, yeah. The same basic premise. No matter how you beat back the BBEG or cut the head off the snake there's another head that grows in its place, and it may be in a different place. But you never, even though you beat it, you didn't beat it. Wow, that's interesting. So that's, the, that's... The, the idea of planned failure. Oh, I guess so you you've, you've won this battle, but the war will go on forever. Right. Kind of. Wow, you know, that's kind or, of... Or, that's, that's grim, but for like a really gritty campaign, I can see it. Yeah, or you know, just flat out a a TPK. Well, I, I would hate to do that. I would hate to do that. But if it's, um, I would, I would, as a GM, I would write my adventure in such a way that they have the opportunity to choose for themselves to die, all of them. And mm-hmm. I think I would write the campaign in such a way that if you beat back the BBEG, then he flies away and you win, or whatever, right? But to truly defeat the whatever it is, you almost die. And I don't know how I don't know how I'd write that into the story. But if you all died doing it, then you've distracted him long enough, and the ship can't escape gravity, and they all and they crash or whatever. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the Armageddon scenario. It's like, you know, we can't defeat him. He's too powerful. We can blow the reactor. We'll never get out in time. I know, but it's a sacrifice we have to make. That's you know? Right. Yeah. We'll all get high schools named after us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I read on the When the Good Games Go Great thread um, has to do with parties, you know, that just totally sacrificed it all to save the greater good. Right. And I think that's I think that's pretty neat. I had a an old D and D game, a third edition game I was running. Um, I had a group of people. Um, God, my I think my wife was actually playing in that game. Uh, that they all pretty much sacrificed themselves to defeat the Terrask, which was uh, 
you know, for right. those of you who don't play D&D, it's this huge, massive CL20 monster. Um, right. They got very creative and they ended up, they ended up uh, not necessarily dying, but like removing themselves from this plane of existence um, just to remove the threat. And uh, right. it was very like, you know, we, we have to do this. So. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Get cats on this thing. The Alamo scenario. Yeah. The Alamo. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. But of so. course. That's it, man. That's it. Well, cool. Well, I hope I hope that gives you guys some some inspiration and some some ideas, some things to think about when you're coming up with that final um, that final ending. And uh, you know, hey, hopefully, hopefully, I hate to say it, hopefully your ending will actually come <laughs> instead of the dreaded uh, fizzle. The dreaded fizzle. Yeah, nothing is you know, worse it, than the dreaded fizzle. It is. You know, I I have I've been GMing for a long time, man, and I can honestly I can honestly truly say that I can count on one hand the number of campaigns I have run that have genuinely ended. I can genuinely say that I can count on no hands the number <laughs> that I have been able to participate in that finished. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> So there you go. I mean, I mean, I, I think I don't know. I think our current flagship game is going to finish. Before that, I hadn't had a game finish in maybe two years. No, four years ago. Four years. God, it was. I, I know TG TG was playing in that game. It was a, it was a D and D game. It was an Eberron game, and the players went from level one to level twenty. No, the, the, like the last session, they were level nineteen, and they would have gotten to twenty at the end of the session, but it was the last the last session. And um, we they, we played that game for over a year and a half, every single weekend. Um, kind of wild, but yeah, that was the last time. And before that, I, God, I, I I remember the games. I just remember the times. It's it's not it's really not, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not. I know. Yeah. So, but I hope that helps, Gamer Nation. Thank you for listening. Thanks a lot, boys, for letting us invade your personal space. <laughs> yeah, now you know. Oh, God bless his soul. Mm. Because now you know the rest of the story. Oh, smooth Paul Harvey reference, yo. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and poor, poor Paul, poor, poor Paul. Paul Parry, Paul, 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 Paul. Yeah, I can't. I'm getting all. I'm getting all this, you know, tied up, you know, here. But you know, yeah. Poor Paul Harvey. Well, <coughs> excuse me. I think that was a marvelous suggestion uh, for the show, and we'd love to get more of you guys' suggestions. So if you have them, of course, please get them to us. Uh, you can email us gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com. Uh, you can call the Lucy line, where you can, of course, pose live questions for D20 Docking Bay, um, or uh, leave wonderful I Never Listen to the Order 66 podcast bumpers. And uh, what number might they call? Should they be interested in that? 206-600-5872. L-U-S-A. Lusa! And, of course, if you're so inclined, you can also surf the wide tubes that comprise the interwebs. And never get over to d20radio.com slash forum, sign up, become a member of the Gamer Nation, and let us and everyone else know what you'd like talked about on the show. Damn Skippy. Yep. Yep. So, 
Well, as, as, as has become a common practice here on the Order 66 of the podcast of dumbs, you know, <laughs> in the world of, in a world, in a world. Ah, uh, is it show ending time? It's show ending time. I think that's kind of appropriate, don't you? <laughs> yes, it's time to end the show. How shall we end it? Shall we ride off into the sunset, or shall we simply say goodbye, Gamer Nation? I'm going to ride off into the sunset, turn back slightly with a wink and one hand on my six-shooter, and say, this is GM Chris, wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. And I'll say, keep them dice rolling. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. The Daydreaming with GM Dave. Okay. So in the chat room going, going, Shane, Shane. Shane. That's Speaking right. Of- chat room, you guys are awesome. All 113 of you. Wow, that's amazing. Tell you what, we're gonna get more and more every week. I think. I Just hope a so. little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. You know. So, I don't know. Just one of those things. Um, yeah, 113. Yeah, here we go again. I won't. I won't even explain this again. I don't think. Uh, I explain this every single time. Anyway. Um. So. Halo Wars comes out on Tuesday. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really? excited. I have failed to reserve a copy. But I'm still confident that I will be able to target locate locate one. Target, dude, go to Target. They said they'd have them out at 8 a.m., like a super Target. Uh-huh. So if um, you know, or like a Walmart, you know, when 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 it fly, it flops over to midnight. If you like go on your way to work, I guarantee you they will have them. Oh, really? As long as they've unloaded them off the truck. But Target has come out and said that they will be available at 8 a.m. As early as eight AM. So So I'm assuming I'm assuming you're taking off work? No, I'm just gonna stop on my way in. Uh, no, no no, I meant to to play, but okay. No, no no no. I can't afford to take time off work. <laughs> Heaven forbid. You know, I take time off of work and all of a sudden they take me off my projects and I can't go to San Antonio and have lunch with never mind. <laughs> bada booty, bada booty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, I hear that in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She knows who you're going to have lunch with, so that's fun. Oh, she does. Well, never mind. She just announced it in the forums. 
Yeah, well, there you go. There you are. Anyway, it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Oh. Now, Ganth, it says my gamer cred dropped by minus four because I didn't have my copy reserved because I didn't go to GameStopo and, and you know, say, yeah, reserve me up for every title you got there, GameStopo. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just going to take a drive over to Walmart's and hope that they have it. <laughs> exactly. See, I'll call you. I'll call you on the way in Tuesday morning and say, "Hey, hey, get off my property!" Yeah, yeah, I know. Who, well, okay, who so, the hell I'm, is UStreamer four eight one zero? Identify yourself. I don't know. Hey, I was. That's. I, I think it's probably Rev. I was about to say this too. Watchmen. That's what I'm excited about. Watchmen has is coming out on the sixth. And I am so freaking excited. So, in other words, what you're trying to say here is that we should all like put together a D20 radio gathering on Friday night for anybody who's in Dallas. I'm going to go with Thursday night for a midnight showing myself. But, well, people probably wouldn't be that up for that. No, I doubt it. Uh, probably not. But, dude, I'm so excited about this film. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, everything I've seen looks amazing, and I love the graphic novel, so I'm just, I'm hoping, hoping that it lives up to it. But everything I've read and heard says it's going to, so ha ha ha, I'm happy. See, this is, this is one of those bang-to-hype ratios for me. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so, all right, speaking of, of okay, and this kind of kind of relates to Star Wars. Um, Liam Neeson, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, has that new movie taken? Have you seen this yet? I've heard of it. I have not seen it. I've heard it was good. I heard it was really good too, and I was hoping you'd seen it, but you haven't. Damn. Um, I, I had a, actually a listener tell me it was just phenomenal. Uh, so I really, really want to go see it. The idea of Liam Neeson doing like a Jason Bourne style thing and running around and like you know stabbing people with giant nails in the thigh <laughs> is really strangely appealing to me. It uh, does. It yes, it does. Ah. Oh, uh, see, Williams and the Williams in the chat said, "Yeah, it's great." Okay, well, okay, good. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take y'all's words for it. The taken is great. Yeah. All right, we'll do that. <laughs> I'm sure it's very good. Yeah, I'm sure it is too. Yeah, that's why I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. I know. Although well, I, I am, don't know, there's, uh, I'm missing there's... my my I am missing the two hour brothers and sisters thing that I wanted to watch tonight. Brothers and si- dude, you need give me your man card. Ninny, well, you've just you've just lost your man card. No way, man. See, no, that's not gonna. That's not the case at all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, man card revoked. And I'm on the local. Uh, I'm on the local council too, so I can do that. I don't know, man. You know, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. But, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of crazy movies coming out that I want to see. Um, I don't know that they'll be any good at all, but I still want to see them. Um, I've been trying to find out more about the G.I. Joe movie after the uh, little uh, mini teaser trailer was released at the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm a little scared. So. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Meh. Yeah, I like interacting with the chat room here at the end of the show. It's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. Always fun. So, thanks to Brev, I started replaying Mass Effect, which is, I think, one of the coolest games, like, ever made. Um, of course, it's Bioware. It's really 
not too hard. But um, per his direction, going back through and playing things a little differently and not, not really rushing it. And uh, I managed to finally get a glimpse at the infamous um, alien, uh, mena- the, the menage alien between uh, the main character and the, uh, the sort of uh, pseudo uh, love scene that you can have about you know, near the end of the game. Yeah. And it was uh, interesting, yeah. to say the least. So, uh, I don't know. Have you played that? No. Mass Effect? You no. need to. It's very good. haven't. I've heard that it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, Zertz. Zertz is in there saying it's awesome. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, the G.I. Joe movie. Ray Park is going to be Snake Eyes. Our very own Darth Maul. Darth Snake Eyes. Really? Yes. I thought he, like, sang the Ghostbusters song. No, that's Ray Parker Jr. Right. Okay. Ghostbusters. <laughs> All right, so t- so on, on the on the long list of RPGs that I have not played, one of them is the old Ghostbusters RPG, which GM Dom tells me is a piece of glory, and it's like gaming goodness, and it's a very simple system and easy to pick up and great for people that have never done RPGs before. But I'm trying to find a copy. If anyone knows where I can, and, you know, and I don't want to do the whole, you know, like I don't know. I, I'd rather buy it new than do eBay usually. Right. Um, if anyone knows where I can buy the darn thing, let me know. Uh, I would very much appreciate Ding it. Ding dong, coming. Sorry, this is stupid. Anyway, what I wanted—I was getting in there just to to get this email. Okay. That I got, and I'll read it as such. This is the Reverend Runeheider. And the church frowns upon you, airing Captain Theros. This is from the Galactic Church, mind you. Oh. It's an abomination to the Force. I will be contacting you personally in the future. I say, good day, sir. Really? He says, P.S., can you have Theros send me some more of that cream? Seems like I've got TBD again. Darn Twi'leks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's terrible and wonderful at the same time. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, like most good things. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. We love it. So, all right. Well, I think I'm out of stuff. I already talk, I, I talked <laughs> I talked a little bit about NASCAR and apparently Kyle Busch won the race and uh, you know I'm a little curious. Ah, uh, oh, never mind. It's not important. Why not talk about NASCAR? I, I I'll give you permission this time. No, I just don't know. I don't know what uh, you know. I don't know what transpired. I I, I imagine I can go back and um, see you know how the race ended, but you know. I um, it's just one of those deals where I, I I'd like to know how the race ended in in instead of Kyle Busch's winning. I figured Kyle Busch was going to win, but you know how about those stars? Oh gosh, are you from Pittsburgh? You piece of trash! I wasn't going to talk about it. My but... gosh, we got killed, and I was at the Stars game. Yeah, were you really? Yeah, we got killed. Four to oh. one was it? Four to one? Yes. We we scored a garbage goal in the third. 
I don't want to talk about it. It made me sad. Sad Panda. Yeah. Sad Panda in my Star Sweater. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know. It's <sighs> just one of those deals, man. Just one of those I'm deals. tickled, Pink. Last time I went to, uh, we went to a Stars game in, what was it, TG? Two weeks ago? Th- no, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Uh, it was back, God, I guess a long time. It was back in January. Um, for those of you not from the Dallas area, and for people that live, especially on, on certain coasts, this idea is a little abhorrent. The amount of uh, public transportation in Dallas is, um, how can I put it, Dave? Uh, shallow? Uh, shallow? Thin? Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah, there's a lot of open space here with long roads that require very large gas-guzzling vehicles. Well, um, they recently put in an actual rail system uh, for like a little, not a subway, but a, just a, 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 you know, a little monorail tram thing that goes from where I live all the way into downtown Dallas, where the uh, stars play at American Airlines. And so last time we um, went to this game, uh, I was just tickled to death because, you know, I'd never done this before. And we actually took took the train. And um, it was a hell of a lot better than driving all the way down there and spending a bajillion dollars to park. Uh, you know, hey, three three bucks, both ways. It was perfect, right? I loved it. So this is hereby a request to every municipality and every perhaps oh I don't know, uh, you know, civic director or municipal technician that you know maybe is a gamer and happens to enjoy Star Wars role playing and thus is listening to this podcast. Get some more public transportation in your area because it's cool. Yes, damn it. Oh, hey, you know, guess who's in the room? Uh, I had no idea. Santa. 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 No, this Jay Landreth is this guy. I never listened to the Order 66 podcast because I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan and I still remember the goal that wasn't. Matt Machuk, a chance. You remember that? You remember when we played that one? Yes, I do. Of course. I just wanted to do it again. Just for him. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to hear it like right now. <laughs> because it takes like seven or eight seconds to get, you know. Yeah, I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> I'm happy that I'm happy too. Dang it. And I'm very happy that you, j- you were just rubbed one in Jay Landris' face. So that's excellent too. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So anyway, what are we going to be? What are we going to do? How are we going to end this show? I thought we ended it already. Yeah, we already kind of did. So we're off. (laughs) Good night, Gamer Nation. That's right. Thank you all for allowing us to invade your personal space. And we say stay hard, keep jamming, and we'll see ya.